Shalom Chavirin. Hmm? Not sure what they're doing outside on the golf course. But it's a cold evening here in the nation's capital. We had a little snow this morning, the rain, and then... No, wait a minute, that wasn't this morning, that was yesterday. Yesterday we had some snow. See, I've lost track. In any case, it's a cold evening. And thank of, thank you for joining me. I was hoping, and no more than hope, I was looking forward to having a home this evening. And uh, Sammy, please send an email to rabbiblock at hotmail.com. And we'll talk about how we're going to co-host next Wednesday night. Because I am disappointed that four people asked me last week and not a single person sent me an email to set up tonight. So please, Sammy, I'd love to co-host with you. Uh, we need to talk about questions, answers, how we're going to talk to each other, never having met. So we want to do something. So please, come and join me. Our topic this evening is, I'm just one of the people. I happen to be a rabbi, obviously Jewish. I spent 40 years in a psychiatric hospital, so most of my career has been as a hospital chaplain and not as a congregational rabbi. I've had some part-time congregations to fill in and in between. However, my career has not been as a congregational rabbi, and most of you are accustomed to dealing with congregational rabbis or institutionally hired rabbis. So that's just who I am. Just one of the people. I wanted to address Zionism. Zionism is now come to the forefront, and we hear writing and talk is, is it racist? Is it this? Is it that? Is it something else? Curiously enough, the word Zionism was coined by a newspaper reporter in 1890. Nathan Birnbaum used the word Zionism to refer to the establishment of a Jewish homeland along the coast of the Mediterranean in what was then part of the Ottoman Turkish Empire would later become a British mandate that the British labeled as Palestine. But prior to 1890, whenever we come across the word Zion or Zionism, it refers to a spiritual homeland. It refers to God restoring the land. It refers to rebuilding the temple. It refers to a, the Jewish people as an aggregate. But prior to 1890, it never referred to a Jewish homeland or any type of a political movement. So it's really neat to be able to trace 
the use of the word and the idea because uh, many things are lost in history. And we may use a term or we may think about it. However, it's really hard to trace back. But this we can follow. And so we find the this idea and as a newspaper reporter, Nathan Birnbaum coined the word because he, the first Zionist Congress was in 1897. And so prior to the first Zionist Congress in 1897, Nathan Birnbaum as a reporter was covering lots of Jewish organizations. And so he heard the word Zion and Zionism and Zionist bandied about and used, he defined it. He actually defined the word. And so, now we have the beginnings of a, a new movement. And black tea. Various groups and organizations began coalescing and Theodore Herzl decided to bring everyone together at the first Zionist Congress, 1897. Theodore Herzl's idea was to get, and I'm going to answer your question about human rights and about Palestine, please stay with me. Because without a little background in history, blurting something out makes absolutely no sense. Just like your comments make no sense, just blurting things out. So, a little bit of patience and bear with me. But believe in the Talmud. Again, that's a, a silly question the way it's worded. Uh, the Talmud contains rabbinic discussion of the Mishnah. Scholars got together and discussed. And it's a, lot of, it's a lot of Jewish law. It's a lot of Jewish legend. It's a lot of Jewish folklore. There's a lot about Judaism to learn in the Talmud. A whole history. And from it, we can derive Jewish practice. And then we can adapt 21st Jewish practice with values. Because what's important are the values, not the specifics. And I'm talking about the difference between Judaism and Zionism. That's what tonight's discussion is. Judaism as religion, Zionism, as Nathan Birnbaum coined the word in 1890, would be to create a Jewish homeland. So let's go back to 1897 at the first Zionist Congress. Different groups were debating what this meant, what this idea was. You have heard me say that I am a Zionist with a small Z, not a capital Z. You're wondering, what's Rabbi Block talking about? Theodore Herzl and the majority of the people at the Congress promoted practical political Zionism. I am a follower of Achada Am. 
That was the name he used in writing. You may be familiar with Achad Ha'am. His name was Asher Tzvi Hirsch Ginsburg. You may not be familiar with Asher Ginsburg, but you may know Achad Ha'am. That's the name he used. Achad Ha'am was a spiritual, cultural Zionist. I am a spiritual, cultural Zionist. I am not a practical, political Zionist. So let's go, what was Achad Ha'am arguing for? He said we need a Jewish center for culture and learning. He was against a, forming a country. He was against Theodor Herzl and the majority of the Zionists. One of the things he argued for was what I argue for, a homeland for the indigenous Arab population. I'm going to use the word Palestine, but understand that the land was controlled by the Ottoman Turks, and later was a British mandate that they labeled Palestine. There never was a country Palestine. Never was. Still isn't. Achad Ha'am argued for Palestine. I've made the same argument here. I made it on Voice of America. I've made it on my YouTube channel. And I've made it on my podcast. Jewish nationalism makes no sense without Arab nationalism. So Achad Ha'am argued for Arab nationalism and Jewish nationalism. Achad Ha'am said there are Arab Muslim people who want their own country. What he did argue for was mutual recognition. I have never supported, and Achad Ha'am never supported, a country whose sole purpose is to destroy another country. That's off the table. And any of you who are promoting any of these things for Hamas or Hezbollah, I would suggest you read their charter. Because in the charter of both organizations is the destruction of not only Israel, but of Jews on, around the world. Read the charter before you start posting these things. So Achad Ha'am argued, we need a cultural, spiritual homeland where Jews all over the known universe could look for leadership, for understanding, for teaching. If we create a country, he said, we're going to have all the problems that a country has. How prophetic. Achad Arm argued from 1889 to 1906. Let me repeat that. He argued from 1889 to 1906 for two countries or two territories granting an Israel, a Palestine, each agreeing the other one should exist, mutual cooperation. He didn't see either one as independent. He saw both of them as necessary. The currency and government that you're talking about was never recognized by any. It was under the Ottoman Turks. 
the money was supported by the Ottoman Turkish Empire. Everything was under the Ottoman Turks. Almost like this, the Commonwealth of Virginia is not a country. Texas is not a country. They're states. Okay? So let's put that one aside. Let's put that aside for now. And that's not germane to the discussion. And again, you're not reading your history. Read the Sykes-Pico Agreement. That'll tell you exactly who controlled the territory, who issued the money, and who issued the, the, the stamps. Just like getting a, a Palestinian passport that did exist, it was issued by the British government. It wasn't issued by a country. Yeah, the Ottoman Turks ruled for many centuries. So, Ahada Arm argued for what? Um, 90, 10, 17 years. He fought with the political Zionists. He also said if we form a country, the country will have the problems a country has about the economy, about survival, about defense. Everything Ahada Am predicted, well, not so much predicted, but warned. Everything Ahada Am warned has come true. Israel is a country and has to make its decisions. However, it doesn't represent all Jews. And it's not a cultural, spiritual center, as Acham, uh, as Achad Aham envisioned. That's why I'm a Zionist with a small Z. A spiritual, cultural Zionist. Yes, I believe Israel should exist. I believe Israel is a legitimate country. And Israel has to make its decisions about its defense. However, and this is important because you keep accusing me. You keep saying things to all Jews as if every Jew in the known universe has a vote. We don't have a vote in Israel. We don't have a say in Israeli politics. So to start accusing us and charging us and doing this, um, it's fruitless. If we're going to get anywhere, we have to cooperate with each other. We have to agree that Israel has a right to exist. It's legitimate. And any organization who in, whose charter is for the destruction of another country, we don't want to support. And let me ask you this out there. For whatever reason, let us say that Canada or Mexico said our sole purpose of existing is to destroy the United States of America. I don't think you would support that. You wouldn't support that. So let's get away from Hezbollah and Hamas and let's focus on creating a country that recognizes legitimacy of Israel. Okay? Just like Ahada Am said. Now, what does social, what does spiritual cultural Zionism mean? You may be familiar with the province of Quebec. And there was a movement, there still is a movement called Quebecois. They wanted to secede from, the, from Canada and make their own country. Canada got together and they worked it out. So they weren't going to secede. 
one can appreciate French culture. One can appreciate the French language. And if one wants, one can visit Quebec. Granted, it's French-Canadian, but there's a lot of French culture, French food. And you can be a citizen of the United States of America. That's what it means to be a Zionist with a small z. That's what it means to be a cultural, spiritual Zionist. It means we appreciate Judaism, its culture, its values, its teachings. We appreciate Israeli food and dancing. But we don't vote. So you can appreciate French culture. Maybe you went to France. But I'm going to use Quebec because it's closer to home. And I have visited Quebec. Very French. And France would say it's French-Canadian, but we'll put that aside for now. So one can appreciate French culture. I don't see anyone asking those that appreciate French culture to be involved in the politics of either Quebec or France. That's what it means to be a Zionist with a small z. It means to appreciate values, culture, history, and to acknowledge that a country exists, the country of Israel, recognized, has a right, has a right to defend itself, has a right to make decisions that I don't approve of, that you don't approve of. I did not approve of Quebecois. Obviously, the Canadians didn't either, and they worked it out so that you wouldn't have a group within a country wanting to tear the country apart. And so we're not talking about killing... In it. If you want to talk about killing innocent people, I suggest you take a look at some of the African countries. Take a look at what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't see any... There's lots... The state, Israel is a country, and it's referred to as the state of Israel. It, it's a country. And whether God approves of Zionism or not, um, I don't think God picked a side in the Super Bowl, even though people watching the game were praying to God and assuming that God had a favorite team. I don't think God is a favorite team. Again, I think we're kind of adding and throwing things in that just cloud the issue. issue. Achad Am, 1906, he said, Israel as a country will be having the problems every country has. And it won't be our spiritual homeland. Remember, I've mentioned this before, as a rabbi, the only country in the known universe where I'm not a rabbi is the state of Israel. Truly. I'm recognizing Russia, Germany, Czechoslovakia, Argentina. I'm recognizing a rabbi everywhere in the state of Israel. Mm -hmm. And by the way, a little lesson on foreign policy, not just for Israel and Ukraine, 90% of the money that we allocate 
for defense is spent here in the United States. Again, Google's wonderful. It opens up a whole new world that, that used to be difficult to discover. Look at foreign, our foreign policy, money that we allocate for other countries, look at where it's spent. We do not send the Ukraine a billion dollars. We don't send them a check for a billion dollars. 80 to 90 percent are spent in the United States of America. Now, the, the weapons, the armaments, the ammunition will go to the countries. The food, the grain will go to those countries. The machinery will go to those countries. But look at where the money's spent. When you hear the news, you get the impression that we as taxpayers are writing a check to all these foreign countries and sending them money. It's really fun to watch, but when you do the research, you find out it benefits our economy. It benefits our, our industry. The money goes through American banks. It pays Americans working in factories. So be very careful when you start talking about the money and the because all it shows is your ignorance, not a criticism. Remember, ignorance just means not knowing. It shows your ignorance. It doesn't get to the point. Okay? Achat Ha'am, a cultural, spiritual Zionist who believed in Arab nationalism, who supported, we're going to have a country, we have two countries that are mutually dependent. Two countries that acknowledge the right of each to exist. He argued against Herzl, and as history shows, Zahada Am lost, Herzl won. He argued that when you form a country, you have all the problems a country has. You have defense, you have welfare, you have medical bills, you have, there's a whole plethora. And he said, that's not what I want. I want a spiritual cultural homeland, not a political country. And so, he, his observation was a warning and correct. And if you like, the only democracy in the Middle East is Israel, and it's standing up to Iran. And what we're finding out now, Iran is the enemy. And we're just starting as a United States to stand up to Iran, because if we don't, they're just not going to overtake the Middle East. They don't overtake the oil fields. They're not going to stop there. Make no mistake. Putin isn't going to stop with Ukraine. He's going to go after Poland, Czechoslovakia. Mm -mm. The UN voted on two countries to be established. The state of Israel and the country of Palestine. The UN voted. That night, one minute after midnight, Arab countries invaded the new state of Israel. Look at your history. Not happy with the UN vote for two separate countries. And then we'll talk more about the history, because tonight's about Achad Am. My hero, by the way, 
I happen to be a supporter of his. I believe in spiritual cultural Zionism. However, Israel does exist. Oh, someone else just wanted me to invite them to join live. Could, um, please, email me, rabbiblock at hotmail.com, and we'll co-host next Wednesday night. Definitely. Next Wednesday night, you're on. Send me an email, and we'll set things up. Uh, not the yellow cow, it's called the red heifer. And keep in mind that when we read the Torah, the Torah is truth, and it's not true. Maybe we'll make that a topic. The Torah is truth, and it's not true. And so, not a yellow cow, the red heifer, has to do with sacrifices, with taking its ashes and using it. And so, this is part of biblical Jewish history. It's not really relevant to current. We want to find out the truth. We want to be careful, because the Torah is not true. So, Achad Ha'am. I think he died in 1906, 1907, 1908, and we have historically made bad decisions. Mm -hmm. We fought a war here in the United States over slavery, over an economy based on slavery. Mm -hmm. And we're still debating it. We're still, some people still want to fight over it. And no country has a monopoly on bad decisions. And that's what Akhara Am pointed out. Once you have a country and you enter world politics and he saw, for his view, that's not what he wanted. He wanted a spiritual, cultural center. And that's what I'm looking towards. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, for some of you asking these questions, you're more than welcome to email me. I have my own Zoom room. I would be glad to discuss any of your questions in detail. You're curious or you're saying I'm wrong or I'm not saying something right. Let, please. Um, I'm open and to, I want to learn. I can't read everything. And so you've read articles that you'd like to point out. I have Al Jazeera's uh, uh, app on, on my iPad, and I read it every day. And it, it's really curious, they have some great articles about what's going on in Africa. So I suggest you do Al Jazeera, read what's going on in Africa, and it's very enlightening. And so, if you send an email, we can meet in my Zoom room, uh, any any way to be helpful to 
to discuss. I can't pick up everything. We're coming close to the end of our time together. And I do read about what's going on in, in, in Palestine. And I read the Hamas charter. Have you? I've read the Hezbollah charter. Have you? I say, if, suggest if you read it, you may not be asking some of those questions. It's very enlightening. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. And I really like to quote from an episode of MASH where Hawkeye and Father are talking. And Hawkeye says, War is not hell. War is worse than hell because it's the innocents that suffer. And it's a great comment and a great observation about every war we have ever had. Tell me about Vietnam. I don't see anyone asking me questions about Vietnam, which has now become a tourist attraction. How many Americans, how many North Vietnamese, how many Viet Cong, how many Chinese, how many Thais died for no reason other other than bad decisions of two governments. No, no, one government, the government of the United States of America. A very bad decision. Very bad. Well, we're coming close, close to the end. And when one country takes another country's citizens hostage, what does the United States do? What have we done? What will we do to free our own hostages? Think. In fact, we have shootouts here in the United States all the time. Someone calls a family, someone holds their wife and kids hostage, and we send in teams to rescue them. That's what governments do. Well, it's 8.30. I'd like to thank all of you for spending this half hour with me. I look forward to emails from those of you. Someone just said to invite them. I look forward to hearing, getting, I look forward to co-hosting with me. Whoever just emailed me, please, I want you to co-host with me next Wednesday night. RabbiBlock at Hotmail.com. You'll send me an email. We'll be in my Zoom room and you'll be my host next week. Thank you. I really would like someone to join with me to be host. I got my four requests again tonight, just like last week. Again, thank you all, and I look forward to talking with you, at you, next Wednesday night live at 8.